get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Hello, and welcome to the Big 5D Podcast, the voice of SMME, Digital Transformation in Africa. Today's episode is brought to you by Duda. Every 17 seconds, a new website is built on Duda. To learn more about working with Duda, visit them at Duda, D-U-D-A, Dot co. Today's guest is Michelle Gear, CEO of AdBot, a Cape Town-based startup focused on automating digital marketing for SMMEs. Her company is built on AI, and we have a long conversation about how AI is transforming digital marketing, and even more broadly on how AI is transforming our culture. It's a great conversation, and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Big 5D Podcast. I'm Charles Lachlan, your host. I'm content director for Big 5 Digital. I'm here with Michelle Gear from AdBot. Michelle, how's it going? Good. Hi, Charles. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So tell us what AdBot is. Right. So AdBot is a AI uh, machine learning tech stack uh, that helps you automate your Google and Bing ads. So if you are a startup uh, and you're moving from from basically pre-seed or seed MVP essentially into your um, seed or series A, you need to get people who are not friends and family that need to use your product or service. Uh, and for that, you need tools like search to get those uh, people who are not as familiar. Uh, and uh, what that means for the business owner is usually sitting 12 o'clock at night, trying to figure out how Google works or how Bing works and moving money across the two platforms. Um, so our product actually solves that problem. Uh, you use AdBot to do all your search advertising for you on both Bing and Google, and it automatically just manages all for you. So you don't have to sit there. You can sit and code. So, would, I mean, we'll get into the AI element of this shortly, but so there's zero. How would you describe the learning curve to use AdBot versus just doing yeah. it all on your own? Yeah, uh, it's a great it's a great question. So usually like. If you were um, a business owner and you asked or um, invited somebody or asked somebody to do your Google ads for you, what they would say is that you have to spend a specific amount and that's for the learning curve. Um, and uh, uh, so so what the learning curve involves is like you have to do a lot of keyword research. So what people are searching for, what are your competitors kind of like ranking for? And you have to try and figure out strategies around that. Um, because the AI kind of like stack that we use already has that learning, um, it really picks up quite quickly. So there's not really much learning. All that it really does is like in 20 days um, time, it figures out what is the optimal um, for your industry. Um, so very little money wasted or spent on learnings as, as such. So ordinarily, you would learn by wasting a lot of money on ads that don't work. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And so you eliminate that piece. So that people get up and running faster with effective ads. Is that fair? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And and the idea is to get you as many uh, clicks uh, on your ads so that people can go through to your website um, as possible for the least amount of cost. Okay. Are there other ad platforms you're thinking of expanding this into? You said Google and Bing. What about, say, Facebook ads? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So we really want to... So we're busy expanding into Facebook, but um, how are... Uh, our passion uh, is small businesses and specifically like small businesses in Africa. Mm -hmm. um, and if you think about like how much money is available uh, when you start out, what is the the capital layout? Uh, we've just realized that, that search is probably your most um, affordable channel when it comes to conversion. 
Uh, once that business grows, um, the next channel that they usually uh, look into is uh, Facebook and Instagram, which is more your awareness channels. So we are looking to expand into that. But at the moment, um, we really just want to focus, make sure that um, our platforms are servicing uh, the needs of small businesses and getting as many customers as possible, especially in that early age. Okay. That early so, so you're focused on platforms that convert versus platforms that build brands. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. Yes. Okay. But, but eventually a business grows into the point where they, they need to do both, right? They need to convert and they need to do some brand building, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's why you need to sort of expand it to different ad platforms. Okay. Totally, totally. But, oh, but my oh, vision ahead. or my... Yeah, my vision would would be that you know you you would come to our, our platform of sorts. Uh, you would put in your URL and you would say, "Do you want conversions or brand awareness?" And you know, with all the the magic of of AI these days, uh, it will just create your funnel and your media um, assessment, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, just run your campaigns on whatever channel is going to give you that that result. So, yeah. hopefully, in the near future, we can get to that that world. Great, great. So quick question about your customer base. You seem to be focused on kind of the startup world or, you know, somebody has, you can tell me more accurately than I can make up who your target customer is, but I'm thinking more like a tech startup, small tech startup than a car dealership in Cape Town or something like that. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me what your customer base is and why it is what it is. Right, so it's actually both. Okay. Um, what's what's really what's really great um, about the product is that um, it can manage kind of like either optimization for uh, conversion. So if you're a tech startup, what you really want to do is get customers to try your product at least once because mm-hmm. you need a, that information to uh, to show proof of concept. Um, but as a small business owner in the service business, so say for example you're a plumber or electrician or a car sales dealer, uh, what you're looking for is you're looking for calls, right? Or right. foot traffic. So um, so in that case, uh, you want as many people kind of like searching and doing their research online, try like finding you and then uh, giving you a call to book uh, an appointment either as a, as a plumber uh, or not. So our platform um, tracks for... Uh, conversion, so it counts uh, conversion, but it also actually um, looks at phone calls. So h- how many phone calls were made off your ads, how long that uh, person was uh, speaking to you, and uh, you can track that back to did you make a sale um, at mm-hmm. the end of the month as well. Okay. And so, you... so for both. Okay. Mm. Okay. So and how do you how do you acquire the, the car dealer and the plumber versus the tech startup? I mean, what is your customer acquisition approach? Do you have salespeople, for example, talk, calling on small businesses, or do you just you do outbound ads using your platform? <laughs> <laughs> we do use our platform, okay. um, but it, the approach is, is very different, right? So you can think about a tech startup, uh, a lot of the ex- explanation and education you have to do for the car dealership is not necessary for the startup right. uh, owner. So if you kind of very, um, like if you talk about chat GPT or whatever with the tech startup, they totally understand what you're talking about. If you introduce AI, nobody's scared. Uh, nobody's like, everybody's quite excited to adopt um, the technology. Mm-hmm. So with those with those guys, we, we really kind of work within the community. We try and be as part of the community as possible. So we attend a lot of like conferences where these guys gather. Uh, our office is, is in that space and we do a lot of... Um, um, 
conferences uh, to to reach the tech community specifically, and then obviously the traditional um, digital channels. Uh, when we when we look at the the SMEs, which is more your service based retail based um, customers, uh, which is not necessarily uh, related back to to tech, for those guys it's very much a, a call, right? Um, because you don't know what you don't know. So what they and especially the older businesses. So what they knew is that in the eighties they could list their business on yellow pages. Uh, which doesn't exist anymore. So they don't really have a tool that they can list on and they're not really considering search as, as necessarily that tool. But the reality is, is that Google and now Bing uh, is taking over that space from Yellow Pages. If somebody's looking for a service, they pick up their phone mm-hmm. uh, and they Google it. So uh, so it's a lot, of, a lot more education uh, and that is done usually through calls uh, and, and some interesting... Conversion funnels that potentially start. What other, with... what other things work with that? With that sort of older, service based or retail based small business, yeah, sort of the Tinker Tailor candlestick maker kind of small business. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, Facebook works really well for for introduction and just kind of like a, a curiosity uh, part, mm-hmm. um, which is then followed up by uh, remarketing. So in the remarketing, we um, give a little bit more information, uh, and then that is followed by uh, emails and and phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have to obviously kind of like run through so, the entire. So you're funnel. looking for somebody who engages with some content before you reach out to them one on one in some way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's very it's very hard to have a conversation about um Google with somebody who's not really um very No, no, they have to have shown they're... some interest in some way. Yeah. By clicking exactly. on something or <laughs> filling in a form or whatever it is. That, exactly, okay, exactly. I want to learn more. They told you in some way that they want to learn more. The phone call would be otherwise wasted, right? And you don't have the resources. Who does have the resources totally. for that kind of selling? anymore i would love to just phone everybody and talk about why google and no, Bing wouldn't. and search I don't is important think you would because that doesn't really work <laughs> if i wasn't paying for it i would totally um, important caveat there <laughs> oh, okay i want to move on to more broad issues in the time we have left mm. because ai is you know prominent in your it's not well bot kind of implies ai and then uh it's prominent in how you describe yourself so let's talk about that for a few minutes. Um, I think for a lot of people, they think AI was just invented yesterday, you know, and uh, it, it just showed up with chat GPT and oh my God, now it's taken over. I mean, of course, if you've watched movies over the years, we know it's been around for a while, but it has been around for a while and it's been running in the background of a, a lot of the things we interact with for a very long time. And so when did you first discover AI as a technology that was created an opportunity for you to build a business. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting kind of like subject matter as you said like everybody all of a sudden knows about AI. Right. Um and I love the fact that ChatGPT is now out because it's much easier to explain what it is that we do. The reality is right. like 6 years ago when we started building and collecting the information for our AI stack uh, nobody knew. Nobody knew this was a thing. Um, yeah. We had to kind of like frame our offering in a report rather than a product um, to collect information. Um, and uh, from from there, kind of just make sure that we we obviously stay with the times and make sure that the AI 
uh, keeps adapting to what it is. What I think is really amazing about ChatGPT is for the first time, it is showing customers the use of uh, that type of technology. Um, so it's like an expression or a front mm -hmm. end or whatever you want to call it, uh, which is which is really great for us because November, so ChatGPT in South Africa launched uh, over December. So November, I remember having conversations and having to um, explain what is AI, what does it do? Is it a real kind of like robot doing the work? Or um, And after... After yeah. December, I literally can can go up and maybe even the older guys, the candlestick guys you were talking about, mm -hmm. and just say to them, like, it's ChatGPT, but instead of words, it's ads. And they go, oh, I get it. Totally. Right. Um, that's so the automation. A... That's the automation. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the mm -hmm. automation. That's that's literally it. Um, yeah. Does that does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I can go what, on about what, what, what uh, I thought forever. was interesting. I was having this conversation elsewhere that... Um, and the point was made that ChatGPT is probably the greatest example of product-led growth ever. And the, the fact that they just put it out there and that the, the adoption curve, it wasn't even a curve, it was just a straight line up, basically. <laughs> and uh, absolutely, created, just seeded the, the world, basically, for all this enterprise selling that's going to go on for open AI. And, and I, there's just going to be some incredibly rich, well, it's already happened, I'm sure. Um, but, but the back, richest ones are going to be Microsoft. <laughs> Let's be fair. <laughs> probably. So back, getting back to that, is is being a new part of your offering or have you been offering Bing mm. since day one? And is it any way related to their age? No. So this adoption of ChatGPT is actually kind of like where, where Bing comes in. So right. if you have a look at market share uh, in Africa over the mm. last year, starting t January 2022 up until... Uh, January 2023, mm -hmm. you'll see that market share of Google ads are, or just Google in general is taking a nosedive. Um, and uh, the opposite to that is that Bing is uh, really picking up on market share, which is really interesting. And I think there's a couple of reasons why I think Microsoft was really smart um, with their strategy about kind of like their, um, uh, what do you call it? Like maybe closed circuit um, offering. So think about it. If you're in a bank anywhere in Africa, uh, you get you get a job and you get issued a computer. You have Microsoft Suite on there. Uh, Bing is preloaded as your search engine. Mm -hmm. um, Firewalls no are really quite it. high. And then and people bypass that and start using Google, right? Yeah, that's well, been what's happened. That be yeah, that has been that's what been what's happened. Mm -hmm. But now with the adoption of uh, ChatGPT, people are seeing like that's integrated into Bing now. So um, in March it was launched. So you have. Uh, ChatGPT available on your search. Um, so a lot of people are going back to Bing and they, because there's uh, no need to to change or people are thinking like, this is the way to search um, and all that uh, kind of perception that's created around this massive adoption of ChatGPT, mm -hmm. uh, Bing's market share is really, really climbing. Also, they incentivize uh, their users um, and give them credits every time you search, which is okay. very interesting as well. How, and you can exchange it for Xbox games. How much of an impact is that having versus just all the PR around ChatGPT and the actual utility of it being embedded in the search? Uh, I think I think all the strategies work together. I mean, being right. a startup myself, uh, exploring like different strategies for ourselves in in getting market access, I think it's it's the combination of it, like having mm -hmm. the closed circuit, uh, giving the credits, 
for the kids to buy Xbox games uh, plus ChatGPT. To be honest with you, I think ChatGPT has probably got the biggest kind of like uh, influence on it. Um, yeah. But but I think the strategies together with that helps a lot. Okay, okay. I'm going to pivot away. You know, talk. You're a startup yourself. What year did you launch the business or how long have you been in business? Um, so in South Africa, we had lockdown in 2020 March. We started in February. It feels like 100 years ago, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. And a totally different world at that point. So we set up, we were ready to rock and roll uh, and the world closed down. Um, we had to make changes quite quickly. And we were um, actually, it was easy for us because we just basically started. Right. And what we found interesting is like coming out of that, those two years where the world was very different, a lot of things were happening online. Things are going back to kind of a real world environments. So what we are finding as a startup is now we have to kind of like change to adapt to what the world is now looking like, um, which might not always be just uh, online. Maybe it's more location-based or... Right, right, right. Well, yeah, that's a lot to to sift through, isn't it? Because, mm. you know, I think a lot of the... This is always a bit mixture of opinion and, and, and observable fact and survey research and other things. So how much of the what we thought was going to be the new normal during COVID actually became the new normal, you know, totally curbside pickup and things like that. It still happens. I, I know talk to people all the time who say they use curbside pickup all the time. I'm like, why? Well, I like going to the store, you know, and cause that's just a matter of opinion <laughs> and uh, or preference, personal preference. But I think we're seeing, you know, how do you see it? And how do you, how much is your business adapting to what, what did you perceive as the new normal for small business and their, mm. how they interact with their customers and how does that change how you build and what kind of products you're taking to market and so on? So, so I think, I think you're right. The new normal um, that we predicted uh, within lockdown um, is, is not, is not close to, to what we're seeing right now. I think yeah. there is, there is some stuff that changed. I think a lot of people became more comfortable uh, with online uh, tools. Uh, people who never uh, explored. We had uh, we have something um, in South Africa called sixty uh, sixty. So you could order sixty items and it would be delivered to you within sixty minutes. Um, and if you have that, do you ever need to go to the store? And over the lockdown period, uh, you could see that those little motorbikes were were, were cycling around. Mm-hmm. Um, but heading out of um, lockdown, what you're seeing now is a lot of advertising for this product at the airport, uh, on radio, all over, because uh, the need to go to the shop and be social. I mean, we're social animals. Of course, we're going to want to in- interact and we want right. to touch and feel and... We don't Especially just if you work like... from home, if you work from home, this is my personal opinion. If you work mm. from home, as I do, that trip to the store is like entering the <laughs> world again. You know? And uh... one of those old people who stand and um, chat to the to the guys at the at the checkout for ages oh. and ages, which and is I, great. The, the funny thing is, I go there, then I speak to no one. You know, I, I I'm saying oh, word anyway. <laughs> But I'm anyway, exactly the but, same. But I'm I do exactly think I do think people once everything opened up again, there is that natural desire to be out and about. I, I mean, there are people who went into their hole and stayed there, and they're still there. And uh, yes, 
but I think for the most part, people wanted to get back to something that resembled what was going on before, you know? Yeah, totally. So, so what we could see in, in just in our data and our numbers is that, um, you know, where, where things were purely online advertising and, and things kind of like shifted purely to online, uh, when the world kind of like opened up, um, a lot of the guys went back to their physical stores. Uh, but the difference was prior to lockdown, um, they would only have physical store uh, presence, um, and um, after lockdown, they they would they understood that they had to be to have both. So I think that for for us is a is an interesting kind of like change. Um, but yeah, it definitely definitely has that. Well, there's there's data all over the place about tech adoption in general, just mm. skyrocketing among SMBs worldwide um, mm. during COVID. And most of that probably did stick in terms of, you know, on accepting digital payments and using totally. online tools to manage every part of their business. If they weren't doing that before COVID, they probably are doing that now. Um, so that sort of it was an actual, it was in real, real terms, an accelerant for technology adoption, and that has to have an impact on who wants, you know, to do more online advertising and you know. Um, who wants to use more, who wants to, who is more keen to learn about how to use digital tools to run their business. So the, I, I assume you've seen that, but you tell me what you've observed in that respect. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, everything from bookkeeping uh, all the right. way through to online advertising, I think um, not just the fact that uh, they've learned how to use these tools. Like I think uh, the economy um, is also forcing us to not hire, but find solutions that we can do ourselves. Um, and we right. can't necessarily um, uh, hire for every, uh, let's let's take, let me rather give you an example. So um, pre-COVID, COVID, you would probably hire a bookkeeper to kind of like log all your um, invoices, et cetera. But now you have stuff like Zoho and um, Zero and all and of those so programs. Yeah, that yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it does it all for you. So all you have to do is really kind of set up an email and your suppliers emails the system and the system will capture it. And end of month, it's really like an hour's worth of work to, you know, document and um, put together what you need to do. So I think people are not are realizing that, you know, where, where they had to hire a person, um, they can probably use software now to solve that specific that right. specific need and perhaps like hire somebody an expert that can come in you know for a specific specific time which which does save you a lot of uh, cost as well once you discover that you're never going to go back right i mean that becomes oh, a permanent, absolutely not permanent change for sure um okay so, so i, I want to wrap up by going back to ai for a minute so at our recent conference which feels like a year ago, but it was like a month ago. <laughs> yes. and, um, it does. You gave a great demonstration. I, I would call it a presentation. It was more of a demonstration of how you use AI in your everyday sort of work workflow mm. to run your business, not your business, not your customer's business. And so you're clearly uh, someone who's fully embraced using AI tools for everything from, you know, building ads to creating content and so on and so on. To the average Back to that Tinker Tailor candlestick maker. What do you think they're going to need to learn, say, in the next uh, six months, year, 18 months, something like that, 
uh, from you regarding related to AI, what do you think they're going to need to learn in order to basically mm -hmm. remain as viable businesses? So, so number one, I think they they need to be open to to some of the AI. I think that there's a lot of kind of conversations out there that makes a lot of them fearful of the tools. It's and going I think to replace us all. Yeah, we're all going to be replaced. <laughs> yeah. Some of us, I think, some of exactly. us will be. But, but um, you know, there's more than a germ of truth to that. But it because it, it can create this fear loop that just yeah, absolutely. everything else out. But this morning, um, we I was at a conference where Will I Am was talking, and he was saying like everybody's His job will be replaced by AI. Exactly, he was saying like <laughs> I create my music on, uh, on on technology, on computers, and all sorts. If you have a look at how I'm creating my uh, music in 2018 versus what it was back in the 90s, it's already different. What it's going to look like Vastly in the future? So. Yeah, yeah. So, so he was saying his job is. Uh, at risk um lawyers jobs are at risk and i think that uh what what he said in that uh presentation or, or on the conference that i thought was really amazing is that how you adapt to the new way of doing it is going to be uh, what your job will will look like and, and what your job description will be but it will no longer be unnecessary task orientated things uh it will be more kind of like creative input or strategic input and i think that's the yeah. thing that small businesses should learn how do you prompt this thing whatever this thing is it might be visual it might be copy it might be music how do you prompt it uh how do you um guide it so that it gives you your input um and i think that's something that that we'll have to learn and what's yeah. really interesting is like isn't that the same as how you would instruct a employee well i think what, what's going to be interesting to see shake out is where a unique individual point of view tastes uh preferences etc ends and where sort of ai takes over and how much of the individual you know, tastes and preferences and so on, what, when, whatever it is, remains or remain, or does it grow in importance or does it diminish in importance? Does AI take any of that over as it, you know, I, I don't know the answers to these questions, but it's sort of where will the human um, contribution be most lasting, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. versus what AI can, can contribute. I don't think we know the I, answer to that, you know, right now, but we, we, we totally don't. But what I do believe is that um, humans are exceptionally creative uh, yeah. and we are very strategic. And I think uh, for maybe for quite some time, that will be our uh, our input um, is being strategic or creative. If, right. if we didn't have to, uh, if, if the machine understood creativity or the strategy, uh, then uh, Elon Musk could have built his entire I, I think, factory think, just yeah, using yeah, yeah. machines but isn't it emulating it in some way uh already and mm. but is it you know is it discernible from human creativity and strategy and um I, again open I don't, I don't yeah. yeah totally it's a it's a very interesting question and i think like these debates are, are really good to have because it will at least kind of like give us some guides on, right. on where we need to go uh, in the future. I mean, for example, I, the writer's strike that just happened in Hollywood in the U.S. Mm, One of the main that. topics that remains at issue is AI. Yeah, in of the, course. 
you know, and, and so that everyone's like, where, where, where does my input still matter? And when, where does the machine just do it all? You know, I cannot see the machine writing Fleabag like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I'm sorry. I would hope not. I mean, that was brilliant. I mean, it's genius. Like it's, so could you, could, could Phoebe? I don't either. I don't either, but, you know. (laughs) But could Phoebe instruct the AI to give creativity? I have a great idea. I have a great idea. You do the rest. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Well, I think what will happen is I have a great idea. Give me something. And then I'll take that and recraft it somehow that's kind of what's happening that's already happening right it's already happening yeah and so what's the next step for that and i guess we're getting down a different path here but Mm. that's those are the things i think about you know and i question Mm. and and i don't know and i know everyone's asking those questions and i don't know anyone has a really great answer i think the machine will tell us over time i think it's a totally well but the thing that i'm still very optimistic about is that Mm. uh, the machine is being built by us and now is the time that we can have an influence. Um, right, which is why you know, Elon wants the pause. I don't know what the pause does, you know. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the letter everyone's signing saying, we should pause to do what? Exactly. To just take a I breath? Mean, I mean, what, what's the pause for? And, you know, I don't if know. The, if the pause is for uh, giving the right inputs, I think that or deciding what the input should be maybe i, I think it's a pause for regulators know. to step in and make some decisions mm. that's what i inferred i don't know if that's what really was in, intended but i would mm. think that would be one use for the pause but is it too soon for regulators to really wisely regulate this i don't know maybe too late I, yeah <laughs> i'm really not sure but uh, i just i yeah. just think we have to we have to have an opportunity to um give our input because if yeah. we are able to kind of like give as much input remember this is like based on our input like we're creating it if we have more um input in i don't know ethics if if that's if that's what the debates right. are about or well uh, i don't know if the, debate, if the debates are about ethics i think i think the biggest we're getting very broad here, but that's okay. I think, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I think the biggest concerns are things like misinformation, deep fakes, that kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. one area. And I think the other area is labor, you know? Yeah. I think there's, I'm sure many other big concerns, but mm. those are the two I would imagine are most like on the top of people's lists. It's like, this is going to be a disinformation engine. That's going to make the current mm. crazy situation way worse. And it's going to take everyone's job. Those are the two paths I think this conversation, mm. AI skepticism and fear of AI go down. There's many others. Absolutely. Yeah. But but, those- but don't you think it's like all, like everything in the world is a bit of a pendulum? So it always it's going to take yeah. out, it, take our jobs kind of like sits on the one side. And then side. somebody's going to come in and give them back to us or do UVI <laughs> or something. Yeah. There'll be an answer like, to it. I don't know if it'll be the absolutely. right Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. But think about Africa, right? So we don't like there's a large portion of people who don't have the education. They can't speak necessarily fluent English. But if they just have chat GPT, they could write really nice letters uh, or they can communicate or so it or do gives rough them a skill set. Code, code set for code a, or, a new product. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, contracts or, you know, yeah. so. So where you had to like learn for such a long period of time, be in a different country, have all the. Um, 
So education is the, big, that you don't have the big disruption, I think. May, or that may be the, the one that we're not talking about enough is the, the higher education, disrupting higher education. You know, sort of yeah, taking totally that step so. out of... Uh, well, that's mm. an empowering interpretation of AI, which is that people who didn't have access to expensive higher education, depending on where you are, it's generally expensive. And, um, totally. you know, can you use these tools to bypass what previously was required? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think like a lot of Africans are, are using it. Um, I, so so I'm Afrikaans um, and right. uh, the community that I come from is very Afrikaans. So a lot of the times their English isn't really fluent, um, so much so that you struggle to understand what they're saying. Uh, and every single person that I know uses it to either write a SMS or a email. In or English, a, yeah. In English, so that their English comes across as like um, uh, like real or proper. So and they don't works. mix up the is's and the R's. Yeah, yeah, it totally works. <laughs> Even if your <laughs> if your tenses when you when you instruct so you could, it isn't right. Well, I mean, your English is flawless, but if that's very kind your your cousin who isn't so great started sending me SMSs using this, I would have no idea that someone who struggled with English. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I believe that. Uh, that that makes sense mm. to me. But yeah. That that yeah. yeah these are the I think these are the small uses that are going to grow into bigger uses. I think absolutely. That's yeah, gen totally. generally how I think this that goes. this yeah totally. I think for all the evil that it might cause, I think that there's some some leveling of playing fields that it's going to cause specifically in Africa because I know Africa. Uh, but mm. yeah, well, that's how technology works. It does, you know, it creates disruptions and it creates opportunities. It's I think this is no different. Just maybe on a much much bigger scale you know mm. and uh, it's very fascinating to watch it is i think it doesn't matter what you do it has to be a little daunting you know um mm. i don't think there's any question about that but it's also exciting you know and absolutely so, so, it's the best time to be alive <laughs> so quick wrap up what's next for adbot what's what do you want i mean where do you want to take the business uh what's the next sort of product customer base geography whatever it is mm. what's 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 the big ambition over the next short term mid, mid to short short to midterm so our absolute passion is to make sure that small businesses in africa have access to markets right uh online advertising is the easiest and fastest way to do that channels like search is the most um gives you the most conversions so our 100% aim going to be for the next uh, year is going to see how we get this into um, all the markets uh, in Africa, starting with Nigeria. And when I say all the markets in Africa, it's a little bit different to when you get that doesn't uh, mean all the into countries. market. That does not mean all every the single country. We want to be all the countries. Okay. We want to be in all the countries. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but we are, we are going to look at um, partnering with um, bigger telcos and banks. Um, and the reason we want to do that is because somebody once said that every every startup in Africa is a fintech startup. <laughs> and I'm starting to realize that that is very true because you're not solving just for, for example, us. We're not just solving for Attic. Uh, if we move into Nigeria, um, only 1% of that population has credit cards. So how are we solving to make sure that these guys are able to pay for ads? What is that user behavior? How can we get uh, a system in place in order to get them to pay for their ads? Uh, uh -huh. in a in a in a way that they understand and in nigeria that solution is different to kenya to you tanzania um so is this something yeah, you build so, or is this something you partner for you integrate for 
So we have an existing example. I can't mention the names as yet. Soon we'll reveal that. Um, okay. But uh, so we we will integrate into um, a system um, and uh, we'll partner. So it's a combination of integration. So we build uh, a system that can accept a certain financial um, payment. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have to partner um, because that partner offers Okay. Uh, that's specific. But anyway, you're, you're wait, have you launched in Nigeria or is that coming up in the near term or I, I didn't? Uh, it will probably be in the next week. That's pretty we'll soon. We'll launch. Okay. Maybe by the time that this podcast present. publishes, we'll have launched in Nigeria. <laughs> we'll do, we'll I, do hopefully like it'll be a few days note. before that, but you know, anyway, <laughs> congratulations on that. And okay. So amazing. Okay. Now, final question is, um, how is, again, I keep going back to AI. Is it changing Google ads, just the, the implementation of them, not just from your platform, but broadly uh, in any meaningful mm. way already? Or do you, what do you see happening in the next little bit? We can end on that. Yeah, um, sure. That's a really uh, big question. Uh, uh, I, maybe I, I should have been I the think... second question, not the last one. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so so I think it's, it's obviously impacting everything. So from a very basic uh, structure, or from a bit very basic kind of like sense, what it is changing is that nobody's doing keyword research anymore like they did in the past. Uh, they're asking ChatGPT to do it for them. Okay. Nobody's writing their own Google ads anymore. They're asking uh, ChatGPT to write it. Uh, and it's again that kind of like question that you had a little bit earlier. How How is that going to influence our behavior in the future? Uh, if we're not asking uh, the questions or if we're not type picking up our phone and asking for something specific, is that going to kind of like uh, give us different results? Is the input going to be um, different? To the, us is the performance the of the ads going to change? Is, is that what you're getting exactly. at? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, you're not um, saying, are you, it's too early to say or? At the moment, it's a little bit too early to say. What we are seeing is that um, if you were a human, you would have to do a lot more research on keywords. Uh, whereas, okay. so so the is it going to create more volume of, of use of platform? Absolutely. Okay, okay. Loads of volume, and also remember, with Bing increasing, right. uh, between as a between business, Google not, and Bing, yeah, it's going. To... You're going to have to be on both platforms, and you're going to have to like apply these strategies on both. So. Uh, it's more competition means more. that tends to drive down performance, doesn't it? I mean, or does it? Right? Yeah. So well, they have to have the search traffic to match the exactly volume of advertising. So, yeah. So what we're seeing at the moment, uh, and this is just on on our platform, is that um, Bing, because a lot of the people in Africa um, get issued with a computer from a bank or institution that they work at, uh, they use Bing to search. But they, if they got a computer, they have a salary, so the conversion version on those searches uh, are a lot higher, but our volumes are obviously still with, with Google. Um, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Maybe Google becomes an awareness channel. Interesting to say. Bing becomes uh, more of a conversion channel. You really uh, see that or is, are you asking that as an open question or is that what you're predicting? So I am asking it as an open question. At the moment, we're seeing it happening but, right but now, but our data set is too small. Happen. You think that might happen? It could. Okay, it could. Okay. <laughs> And okay. then like, how do we, how do we actually, so imagine um, you as an advertiser can appear in ChatGPT's results. Like, how's that going to impact? How do you get in there? Um, so um, you.com is another one that's uh, really, really interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Not terribly. Um, I've heard of a, it, but yeah, I don't know that much about it. 
Yeah, it's I'm I'm really finding the use user experience amazing. But um again, figuring out like how do you as a business appear in all those different platforms? I think, you know, when when I started out in the digital industry, we had uh, basically websites. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook came along. I mean, this was years and years ago. Um uh but then Facebook came along. And now if you look at like the online marketing and where you can advertise. It's like just a whole big landscape. Um, and each one has its niche and, uh, you know, um, so, so I think the same is going to happen in search specifically and, you know, where this technology takes us is going to be very exciting, but I don't think we know yet where, what, what it's going to disrupt and, and how it's going to disrupt, but, um, Definitely is going to disrupt a lot. <laughs> the one thing we can be certain about is the disruption. <laughs> yeah. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's going to happen. Okay, that's a good way to end it. That's a great statement to end this on. And Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Charles. Always loads of fun. Thank you for joining the Big 5D podcast. This podcast is a production of Big 5 Digital and is written, produced, and hosted by Charles Laughlin. Thanks to today's guest, Michelle Gear of AdBot, and to our sponsor, Duda. Please visit duda.co, that's D-U-D-A dot C-O, to learn how Duda helps digital marketing agencies build world-class websites for their customers. If you enjoy this podcast, please follow, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And thank you for joining us, and see you next time.